Rave Plot Podcast. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast, everyone. Member of the Pod Gods Network. That's podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And Merry Christmas, you bunch of whores. <laughs> uh, there's no backstory to that. If they follow us on Twitter, they know the story. Oh. Okay. Um, so, yes, it is Christmas. Uh, it'll be, what, Christmas Eve? It will. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this a little earlier than usual. Taylor's leaving town. Indeed. You're, are you leaving tomorrow night? Uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. And you're going to Philly? Nope, going to Oregon. Oh. Okay. We rented a cabin for the weekend. Oh, right. Okay. For some reason, I thought you were going back east to see your girlfriend's family. You were wrong. I guess I was. Fuck me, right? You're a big stupid. Um, well, what are your plans for Christmas? I'm just going to my grandma's like I do every year. That's right. I think I asked you about that. Yeah. Um, why, but just because of work? I mean, why don't you, you're, you're going down, you're going to be in Oregon. Why don't you just see your mom? Well, I mean, we're we're only going there for the weekend, so we won't be there for Christmas. And my mom's going to be coming up here. Got so it. Going yeah. to her house would seem a little silly. Because she won't be there. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it is the Christmas season. Everyone is a little jollier. A little, yeah. Except here, because this is a fucking miserable city. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm happier. I love Christmas. This is the only time of year that Tony ever fucking smiles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, festive. I feel like... Uh, you got your stupid hat on? Yeah, my stupid hat. <laughs> I'm wearing my Santa hat because it's, you know, our Christmas special. So I felt I should be uh, festive and, you know, ringing, ringing the season. Indeed. Yeah. And this, uh, is our, this is our Christmas special. Like Tony said, we've got some, uh, some surprises scheduled for later on. Are they surprises? Well, at least one of them is. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so... I was going to say something else, but I can't remember. Couldn't have been very important, then. guess not. Was it Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Happy Hanukkah. Happy... Surprise, Hanukkah! <laughs> Happy winter holiday. Happy solstice. Right. For all you pagans. <laughs> I actually had a, a lady at work the other day. Uh, uh, another lady asked her what she was doing for Christmas, and she said, I don't celebrate Christmas. It's a pagan holiday. And that took a minute to sink in. <laughs> and it's like, I guess it's kind of true. Well, it's based on a pagan holiday. It's not in itself a pagan holiday. Well, right. But, I mean, you know, Jesus wasn't born in December. Right. I mean, that's pretty well known at this point um sorry homeschoolers <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think he's i thought he was like born in like march or something she said that he was born in either march or september depending on kind of what you read um just depending on like what crops were in season and you know the stars in the something sky about sheep something yeah um anyway so uh, yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, so if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve or Christmas or whatever, hope you had a, a pleasant holiday. And I don't know, will Hanukkah be over by then? Um, it started, what, yesterday or the day before, I think. Something. So um, if it's the day before, then it'll be over. But if it was started yesterday, then I think it would, would be the last day of. Right. For some reason, I thought this was the year that uh, Hanukkah was around Thanksgiving, or like it started on Thanksgiving. That was that, last year. That was last year. <laughs> I lost a year, I guess. Anyway. Um, Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Sure is. Anyway, so anything else to say? Um, happy Kwanzaa. I covered that. Did you? Yep. Oh, you just said happy holidays. You just I said happy Kwanzaa. Blanketed, or it's a joyous Kwanzaa, I believe. It, is that really that important? You can't say like you can't say happy Christmas and no, no, it's Merry Christmas. Don't be an asshole. Only if you're fucking from the UK, man. <laughs> Don't you say that here? I'll get you killed. <laughs> Don't come in my hood and say that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, let's start off with the stocking full of horror business. <laughs> I see what you did there. Christmas. Christmas. Ah, Christmas. And stockings because of Christmas. Right. (laughs) Over the chimney with care. (laughs) Ah! Yes! Nailed it. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now on a somber note. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring things down. But we, you know, this is the first time somebody's died in a while, so just, you know, cover that first, then we can, we can only go up from here. So... This is the the orange of the stocking. Right. (laughs) The shitty part you don't actually want. Yeah, which is usually at the bottom. (laughs) So, you know, you have all this buildup, you get to the bottom, and it's just, oh, fucking orange. And then you just take your stocking and start swinging it at whoever gave you the orange. Like homie? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, uh, sadly... Um, the original Pugsley from the Adams family, the you know the nineteen sixty three TV show, I think somewhere in that, or no sixty eight, sixties, sixties. Um, Ken Weatherwax, he passed away on the seventh, which was last Sunday. Sunday. Um, he uh, he died in his home in West Hills, California. Uh, he died of a heart attack. Uh, he was only 59 years old, so... Yeesh. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's that's rough. I mean, especially because, you know, both of our, you know, for this case, both of our dads are fairly close to that age. Mm-hmm. And it's just shocking to think that somebody, you know, our father's, father's age, <laughs> um, or, you know, in their age bracket, could just keel over, basically. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. You know, I don't. I don't want to speculate, but I wonder if he was into some things that can shorten your life, or it, I suppose that's possible. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, we, we know the kind of stuff that goes on with many teen actors, right? I'm looking at you, Corey's. <laughs> um, he, uh, yes, he uh, he quit acting actually when he was 17 years old. And joined up with the army. Probably not then. Probably wasn't into a lot of things. Then. Well, he the may- army is, doesn't really stand for a lot of bullshit. 
Maybe not, but maybe after the war. Or assuming... Well, let's think here. What year was he born? Go ahead, go ahead and talk. I'm going to look this up. Um, is this while he was in the army he worked as? Afterwards. Okay, he worked as a set builder and a studio grip. So he was still still in Hollywood, just not in front of the camera. Um, I really don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, he joined up the army when he was 17. Uh, so it, it's entirely possible he could have gotten to Vietnam. And, you know, a lot of guys didn't come back right after that. That's true. So, especially, you know, if he did go over there, him being so young. Um, but, yes, as you said, he, after, I assume after he got out of the Army, he um, did work as a set builder and a studio grip for for a handful of films and, and TV shows. And um, apparently he did a lot of that completely uncredited. So if you're, like, look back at his, you know, go to IMDb or something and check out his credits, a lot of them wouldn't even be there. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, so this is a shame. I know he was a big uh, um, feature on a lot of, like, convention circuits. Like, he would do a lot of appearances and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I guess he'll just... uh, creepy and kooky in the next life and we're gonna have a ball just like we always do saturday night at the movies who cares what picture you see when you're hugging with your baby in the last row so two horror movies have been added to the national film registry which is cool because that doesn't happen too often right uh, they are Rosemary's Baby, starring Mia Farrow, and House of Wax, starring Alicia Cuthbert. <laughs> no, no, no. Not no, that one. No, not that one? That one was a heaping pile of shit. <laughs> the only purpose of that movie was to give Alicia Cuthbert a reason to run around in a tank top. Right, she had her white tank top moment. Yeah. Which is essential for the quintessential survivor girl. Correct. Rosemary's Baby, um, like I said, starred Mia Farrow. It was released in 1968. If you haven't seen it, then you're just a you're just a bad person. You're just dummy. You, 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 you should you're dumb. You should just stop because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, House, House of, of Wax. Go ahead. You, I was just going to House of Wax was in, released in 1953, and I'm not really a huge fan of it. Vincent Price, man. I know. But I just, I don't know. I don't really like it that much. They were recognized as cultural, historical, or aesthetic cinematic treasures. And I ask you, why not all three? (laughs) Maybe they were all three. But it says or. It should say and. Yes. James H. Billington from the Library of Congress. Billington. I am James H. Billington. He said, The National Film Registry showcases the extraordinary diversity of America's film heritage and the disparate strands making it so vibrant. By preserving these films, we protect protect a crucial element of American creativity, culture, and history. You know, I was looking at the list of films that are in the registry. Uh... 
just some of them that are in there that were funny and surprising. Like the Big Lebowski's in there. Really? Yeah. Um, and uh, God, what were some others? The man with the screaming brain. <laughs> Is that in there? I wish. Yeah, I th- the only or aside from you know obviously having to be voted in essentially the film has to be at least 10 years old okay um some other horror films so Shaun of the Dead is eligible then yeah definitely let's get that in there (laughs) start a campaign (laughs) of course it's not American mmm that could be a problem yeah I don't know if that well I guess it it does say America's film heritage yeah uh and it is the national film registry right uh as in the American nation right um, some other horror films that are in there are uh, Dracula with Bela Lugosi Frankenstein with Boris Karloff um, the original Psycho The Exorcist and Silence of the Lambs so is Night of the Living Dead in there? I didn't see it poppycock hey. there's our campaign right there you should write a letter hashtag N-O-T-D NFR. Yep. That's going to really stick it to the man. <laughs> That's going to send a message. Um, yeah, so these movies are in some pretty good company now. Uh, and it's nice to see horror recognized in this way, I think. I agree. Studio behind the original Godzilla movie. Godzilla! Racist. You're racist. <laughs> um, is uh is at it again? <laughs> Those crazy Japanese people. They're they're at it again. Um, Toho Studios is gearing up to start production on the 29th Godzilla movie, and I'm pretty sure that's like all Godzilla movies including the American ones. Oh, yeah? I think. I didn't bother to count, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, this is going to be the first Toho Godzilla film since 2004's Godzilla The Final Wars. So clearly this one will not have any wars. Right. Because those were the final wars. That was, that was the last one. This yeah. is the time of peace. Yeah. Um, what kind of world do they live in where fucking kaiju just keep showing up? In a up? world. Where kaiju keep showing up. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, they're looking to start production in summer of 2015, so you think maybe that would probably put it out around, I don't know, fall 2016. Give or take, yeah. Maybe. Um, Apparently they're planning to use some CGI, so it's probably not going to be just the typical guy in a suit. Boo. Really, though? (laughs) Can we watch, like, just guy in a suit monster movies anymore? Knocking over miniature cities. Exactly. I mean, especially with the budget that they've probably got. That's what makes them so great. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Um, 
I guess they're looking for a worldwide audience. So there's probably a fair chance that we'll see a pretty good distribution here in America, um, assuming things go their way. Uh, a Toho rep, which didn't have a name attached to it, said uh, this is a very good this is very good timing after the success of the American version this year. If not now, then when? The licensing contract we have with Legendary places no restrictions on us making domestic versions. So, fucked up there, Legendary. No shit. <laughs> I mean, there's there's probably no way that they could have gotten them to agree to that. I mean, I I guess I kind of enjoyed Godzilla a little a little bit. I don't really I don't remember what my rating was, but it was okay. Um but did we really need it in the world? <laughs> no, not particularly. Yeah. Um but apparently Legendary and WB are or Warner Brothers, I should say, uh are planning a sequel to their 2014 version. So you gave Godzilla a six. I gave it a six. I gave it a six and a half. Ah, so uh, you know, a little better than average. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I could never really get behind the Japanese ones. They're just a little too cornball. I mean, even the more more recent ones. That's that's what makes them so. That they got they have that charm of of rubber suit monster. I guess. Uh, apparently, with when they released uh, Final Wars, they did. A like a, a sh- like a short video or something where um, their version fought the was it like ninety six ninety seven American version? Oh yeah, yeah. Just like basically th- through there looks like they were fighting in Sydney, and they the original Godzilla threw the you know, the newer Godzilla into the opera house, and then just. <laughs> lit him up <laughs> with with fire. I want to see that now. <laughs> it's really short. It's kind of stupid, but um because every time our Godzilla like destroys him, I'd be going USA, USA. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't even go on that long. Oh. Yeah, and for some reason the well, not for some reason, the the Japanese Godzilla was obviously a guy in a suit, but the American version was all CGI, so it just it looked odd. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I would like to see like um, behind the scenes footage of that. Just a guy in a rubber Godzilla suit just fighting nothing. <laughs> so, ah! <laughs> so um, we'll probably get more news about this. Uh, I, I assume probably in the new year sometime, maybe spring. We'll start hearing some some more news about how it's progressing. So until then, we'll uh, keep this on the back burner for you. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. Mother. Mother. Last episode, we discussed the new Friday the 13th that's set to come out in November of 2015. I feel like and we discuss this every episode. There's uh, always it's, something it's, to add. It's 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 active. Yeah. Um, we discussed how we didn't know if it was going to be a prequel or a sequel or a reboot or a preboot or a alternate universe. Um, but we did mention that it was supposed to take place in the 80s, mm-hmm. and we discussed the possibility of Pamela Voorhees 
making an appearance, and that has now been confirmed by Brad Fuller. This news actually came out the day after we recorded. Yeah. So it should have been included in our last episode, but fuck us, right? Yeah. Fuck Brad Fuller, man. Fuck him. Fuck him in the nose. Fuck Michael Bay. Fuck all of them. Did you, did you see Platinum Dunes was named 2014 Producers of the Year? What? Yep. What did they do that was successful? Uh, I don't know. Did they put on another Transformers movie? Maybe. I don't know. I've fucking lost track of those goddamn things. Me too. I don't even give a shit anymore. I'm pretty sure I heard that the last one sucked, though. So I heard that about the last two. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, I wonder who did that contest. It was probably them. <laughs> probably Platinum Dunes? Yeah, they probably issued themselves. According a, to Platinum a, Dunes, Platinum Dunes is yeah. producer of the year. Yeah, in an interview with Omelet, I'm not sure what that is, but... I think it's like a Japanese... Like game show, <laughs> I think it's like a Japanese like um, movie website or or something to that effect. I, I I could be wrong. Anyway, well, anyways, in an interview with Omelet, Brad Fuller mentioned that it was going to be an '80s era setting that would expand on the Jason Pamela relationship. He said. We wanted to redeem the whole mood of the decade. Sex, drugs, always beautiful people dying. These things do not change. And we can develop a more problematic relationship with the mother. He said the mother. Yeah. Um, Probably doesn't even know her name. Stupid. Um, So this is going to take place in the 80s. And it's like, okay, the original took place in the 80s. The remake started in the 80s. So you're essentially going to be creating a movie that takes place in the same era that the remake started in. So it's basically a prequel. Yeah. So, I mean, they're really selling... I don't know why they danced around that. Why, like, just fucking say you're making a prequel. Yeah, they're selling us a line of shit is what's going on here. I mean, they're trying to sugarcoat a, a turd. <laughs> and it, it it's all the more obvious now that they're trying to set us up for that, for the series. Oh, yeah. I mean... Jason, Jason's mother died when he was a kid. Right. That's how it goes. <laughs> I mean, well, no, that's not true. Because in the original, original Friday the 13th, presumably Jason was still alive, living out in the woods somewhere. Obviously a fully grown adult when Pamela was killed. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I guess it's just the remake when she was killed when he was a, just a kid. So I guess we don't really know which angle they're going to take with that, I guess. Well, I mean, we know the series is supposed to be a, a teenage-aged Jason. Do we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, the TV series? Yeah. Yes, yes. So I assume that's the angle they'll take. Well, probably. Do they have any involvement? I don't think they have any involvement in the TV show, though. Do they not? No, I mean, uh, uh, Paramount might. So, Well, yeah, it could be the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the sex, drugs, beautiful people dying. I mean, not the drugs part so much, but the sex and beautiful people. Just If you can give me some more so juicy, dude, then... <laughs> I'm okay with this being in the 80s. In fact, I think I prefer it to be in the 80s. Yeah. Just because it seems a little more authentic, like an 
authentic meaning like an authentic Friday the 13th movie. Right. Um, but I know they're going to find some way to fuck this up. I mean, it sounds like they already are. Yeah. Um, but they're going to just... They're gonna they're gonna overproduce it just like they did the last one, yeah. And that's it's gonna be the problem, and that's why it's gonna suck. Well, the good news to shoot down one rumor is that it will definitely be blood filled and rated R. According to Fuller, there is no PG thirteen version in the world of Jason Voorhees. Right. So that's a positive. Yeah. Small one, but small one. Still no word on who is going to play Jason, let alone anyone. Yeah. Probably will not be Derek Mears if it's going to be a young Jason. Probably not. Uh, they got a lot of fucking work to do if they're going to put this out by November. Yeah, they've got 11 months to get this out in theaters. Yeah. Which means that they have, like, actually, like, nine months. Yeah. Because, I mean, just the the distribution is going to be tenuous on its own. They better not fucking fall back on found footage. I I don't know that they will, but I've been surprised slash disappointed disappointed by Platinum Dunes. We've all been disappointed by Platinum Dunes. Yeah. <laughs> um, many times before, so it wouldn't shock me at all. Yes. Quit disappointing us, and just fuck you. <laughs> just point us. That's all we want. I worked all damn day. Fans of the Laugh Riot trading places will be familiar with actress Jamie Lee Curtis. And her boobies. And her boobies. Um, but her lesser known role has been as Laurie Strode in the um, Halloween series. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Up until, spoiler alert, H. No. Resurrection. Yeah. The Buster Rhymes one. Right. <laughs> one where he fucking saves the day. I can't get over that. I mean, God, how many years later is this? And I still just... The shock is never ending. I mean... Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> so dumb. That's an actual line. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jamie Lee Curtis has been cast in Scream Queens, which is an upcoming Fox television show. Um, It's going to be a horror comedy anthology series. Um, At this point, we don't really know much about the show, like as far as subject matter, Um, but we know it being an anthology. The first installment is going to take place at a college campus plagued by a series of murders. So it's Scream? That's what it sounds like. Um, of course, I guess Scream really didn't take place at a college campus. Well, part of it did. I suppose. Um, Jimmy's role is being kept kind of under wraps. We don't really know much about it. But uh, this is being produced by Ryan Murphy. 
and the rest of his American Horror Story like kind of production team. So that could be positive. Um, obviously, uh, Ryan Murphy already has a pretty good relationship with Fox, having run Glee for so many years. I'm still blown away by that. I was first introduced to Ryan Murphy as being like the creator of Nip Tuck, a very dark, depressing, like just off-the-wall show. And then he does Glee. <laughs> and then he goes back and does American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a, uh, a weird combination of of programs there. Right? Where, where did that come from? Anyway, um, so it looks like they're eyeballing um, a fall 2015 debut. Um, so... And Emma Roberts is also going to be on the show. Right, who is, of course, a American Horror Story alum. You can call her a regular at this point. Yeah. Um, it's very indicative of Ryan Murphy's preference to use the same actors and yeah. everything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, this is interesting. I find it strange that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to do... TV. I wonder if she's going to be like a... Well, what else is she doing? Maybe she's retired. I don't know. Last thing I saw her in was a guest spot on New Girl. Last thing I saw her in was an Activia commercial. Well, there you go. <laughs> she I, could use the work. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she <laughs> just... <laughs> maybe she just does that for some spending cash, you know? Some walking around money. Well, maybe she ran out of walking around money and she needs to walk around some more. Maybe you need to walk around. Get your cholesterol down. Maybe I should take some Activia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like I said, fall of 2015 debut. Um, We'll tell you more about this as we hear more. Um, But as I said earlier, it's kept pretty pretty, uh, secretive at this point, so... We'll see how it pans out. I swear we've talked about this before, but I don't remember if we talked about it on the show or if we just talked about it with each other. It it was with each other. We didn't talk about it on the show. Okay, well, there's a movie called The Gathering. That is in pre-production. Ever since you told me about this, I've been pretty pumped up about it. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Um, The premise of the film is, on Halloween night, the devil brings together Mary Shelley, H.P. Lovecraft, Bram Stoker, and Edgar Allan Poe in purgatory to tell their best untold tales. The idea being that whoever has the best story of the night gets to leave purgatory forever. So, it's an anthology, clearly. Right. Um, And... The, the news we've got is some casting news and some, some pretty exciting casting news yeah. that uh, already cast. They have David Naughton playing H.P. Lovecraft, who I looked him up and I recognized him from something. What is he from? Oh, American. he's from American Werewolf. From, yeah. Right. He played David. Right. Um, he'll be playing H.P. Lovecraft. Doug Bradley is playing Bram Stoker. That's awesome. Um, and then in unnamed roles... They've got Udo Kier, Clint Howard, Robert England, Lynn Shea, 
Ashley Lawrence, Gunnar Hansen, Bill Mosley, Debbie Rochon, and William Sadler. The new casting is they have cast their Edgar Allan Poe and their Devil. Edgar Allan Poe will be played by Jeffrey Combs. And the devil will be played by Simon fucking Pegg. That's so fucking awesome. That's like such a good role for him. I can just see him playing this like slightly evil Sean, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of maybe a little neurotic or awkward, but also just obviously the most evil thing in in existence. Yeah. Uh, said producer John Keyes, we've got Simon Pegg attached to it now. He's going to play the devil, and because of that, we've suddenly got a whole lot of interest in The Gathering again, and it's starting to really push forward. We've also got Jeffrey Combs playing Edgar Allan Poe, and then the other people that I mentioned. Uh, for Mary Shelley, we've got a couple of major female names who have said they'd like to do it, but we're going to wait and see what happens once the financing lands. Uh, We've tried to put a spin on the essence of the stories they're most well-known for, so Bram Stoker tells a vampire tale, but it's not about Dracula. H.P. Lovecraft's story is sort of reanimator-esque, set in the Victorian era. We've approached it with the idea of what these writers would be like all these years since they died. They've got a slightly modern sensibility, as if they've kept kept up with the changing times while they've been in purgatory, while still holding on to the personalities and nuances they would have had in the eras they lived in. So there's a whole lot of bickering and rivalry. I just, oh, I love this. It sounds it's going to be so good. It's so creative. Um, one of the things I love about The Gathering is that we cover all the horror subgenres. Vampires, werewolves, zombies, ghosts, slashers within our stories. But in the framing segments with the devil and the writers, there's a real comedic horror element going on. They're taking jabs at each other, and they each have a bit of magic they get to play with since they're undead. So a lot of fun stuff happens with that. I love it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited all for, for this. Yeah. Production is set to begin in May of 2015. So probably uh, early to mid-2016. I'd say that's... We can expect this. Fair assumption, yeah. But yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm really pumped. <laughs> Pretty much everything about this sounds great. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that, and we will uh, deliver any new news that we that we see so at this point i'm sure regular listeners are pretty familiar with uh eric england who directed uh, wrote and directed um contracted and Madison County. Uh, I know I was actually our first ever guest on Grave Plot Podcast. Um, well, a film that he's had kind of in you know its own little purgatory has been uh, his film Roadside, which he actually filmed in between Madison County and Contracted, both of which obviously have been released already. Well, it's good news that uh, Roadside was acquired by Image Entertainment. Um, Image Entertainment is best known for the Ernest movies. Know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> no, but uh, there are uh, they they have movies such as Dreamscape. Uh, recently, they did Devil's Knot. Um, they did Bad Taste. Fucking bad taste. 
It's one of those movies that everyone loves, and I just... It's so fucking bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch's opus, Chillerama. Image also is the company that just recently acquired Digging Up the Marrow. Mm, Yes. Good call. Uh, And I guess their their parent company, their subsidiary of uh, RJL Entertainment. I don't know what that is. Whatever. Um, Synopsis is as follows. Roadside tells the story of Dan and Mindy Summers, who are on a road trip along a desolate mountain highway. When Dan is forced to exit the SUV to remove a dead tree blocking their path, their journey takes a turn. They suddenly find themselves held hostage on the side of the road and trapped in their car by a mysterious gunman. They must find their, fight for their lives in a sadistic game of cat and mouse set against the backdrop of a numbing, cold, pitch darkness and raw terror. Uh, this def- oh, RLJ Entertainment's right here. Ah, there you go. Um, something, uh, Mark Ward, who uh, is a rep from... Um, Image. Or from RLJ. From RLJ, thank you. Um, he basically said exactly what I was thinking. He says, The suspense and timing of the scenes on this film hark back to the days of Hitchcock. That's exactly what I thought when I was reading the synopsis. It was like just a very centralized location, very tense. And, you know, probably even, I think, the 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 classification as a thriller might even take precedence over it being a horror. Yeah, I can see that. Um, sure. So yeah, for this, I I don't know why this hasn't been released already. I mean, especially with the success of Contracted. I imagine that's probably what got Image's attention. Oh no doubt, yeah. Um, so what's what's the plan with this? Are they going DVD or VOD or both? I imagine. Um, I think uh, I was reading the Image is pretty well. Uh, ingrained into both worlds basically you know VOD and DVD release so I, I imagine we could see both um, so uh, no info on the release date yet uh, I imagine they're probably still working out the details for that um, but I'm anxious to see this I mean I, I enjoyed uh, both of uh, Eric's other movies that I've seen so um, let's go for the hat trick Word. Yeah. All right, so by now, you have to have heard about the Sony leaks. Um, considering, I mean, an entire fucking movie was canceled because of them. Yeah. Um, Why is everybody so upset by that? Because terrorists won. Terrorists win every day. Terrorists hate our freedom. (laughs) Anybody that, like, tries to pretend that terrorists don't win every single day, they're fucking living in a dream world. But, I mean, is everybody really that upset about the interview? I mean, did the movie look that good? I I didn't think it looked... Particularly good. I do like James Franco and Seth Rogen, but sure. I, I didn't think this one looked that good. No, yeah, I had no intention to see it. And like, what did this, what the fuck did you think was going to happen when you've got a country like North Korea, who's 
leader is a little off balance. Oh, hang on. Let's <laughs> dial it back. We don't want to uh, incite any hate from... You're making a movie about killing another country's leader. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? But I get the impression that they don't do it because they become friends with him. Like Dennis Rodman? Like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was originally sent to North Korea to kill Kim Jong-un, and then they bonded over their love of basketball. That's true. That happened. <laughs> That's real life. <laughs> I did not just make that up on the spot. I swear. <laughs> anyway, so that was my, my little rant. Anyways, hashtag kids these days. <laughs> Uh, the big news in our world coming out of the Sony leaks is all kinds of news about the new Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. A, lo- a lot of this may have just been pipe dreams, passing notions, you know, whatever. So take this shit with a grain of salt. The, f- the, first, the first thing that we're going to talk about here is apparently... Sony executives internally discussed suing Bill Murray for not wanting to be in Ghostbusters 3. I can't wrap my mind around that. Like, that just, that sounds like a fucking political cartoon. Just a bunch of fat cats in suits. It's like, oh, Bill said he doesn't want to do it. Fuck it, sue him! Yeah. Uh, I'd love to know what grounds they thought they were going to have yeah like, i mean unless he's got a contract like, unless he's got a three picture deal contract which i don't think he does considering ghostbusters 2 it. came out 25 years ago unless he has to have like final say or something on any ghostbusters film and like i, I don't know maybe they'd sue him for like holding up production <sighs> that's really that's the only know. thing i can think of um but yeah <laughs> I guess there, there was a point where Bill Murray shredded a Ghostbusters 3 script and mailed it back to Sony. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of the frame of mind he's in. Good for him. Yeah. Um, further stories coming out of these leaks are some casting rumors. Hold on. I, I just want to finish about the Bill Murray thing. Okay. Uh, did, did you read the emails regarding that? Yeah. You saw that, like they're saying, oh, we'll have to, you know, pursue aggressive legal counsel or something like that. Yeah. To me, you know what to me that sounded like is like, we don't know what we can sue him for, but we'll hire a lawyer to find something. Yeah. It's like, you fucking cocksucker. Or to threaten him so he backs down. Right. You fucking assholes. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Casting rumors. Um, the first of which has actually been confirmed by the actress that they've been in talks not that she's signed on uh, but that actress is Rebel Wilson who you probably know from Bridesmaids she she plays one of Kristen Wiig's roommates the, the big blonde girl yeah and she's in uh, what's that movie called the singing movie like stand up or something like that it's perfect that, that's the one uh, she's yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where she like became like popular. All right. Um, she's, yeah, she's she's confirmed they're in talks, but nothing nothing official yet. And then, uh, according to these leaked emails, the following actresses are all 
desperate to be in this new Ghostbusters. I bet the, that the the definition of desperate are is a very uh, loose terminology. I guess it's probably slight exaggeration. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say these in the order of how I would like to see them. Like how much I would like to see them in this movie. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Emma Stone. Who, that's been rumored since day one. Right. Back when it was her and um, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah was supposed to play Oscar at one point. That was a rumor. That's really old, though. I'm talking more a little more current. Oh, okay. like it's supposed to be her and Jonah Hill. That's that's older but fairly recent rumor that I remember hearing. Oh, okay. Anyway. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Emma Stone, Lizzie Kaplan. Now there's a huge drop-off. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and Amy Schumer. I don't... You want to hear what order I want to hear? I want to see these women in it? It's going to be nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I was just, just going to have about 10 seconds of this right there. Um, I mean, I'm just, if if these are the ones that are going to be in it, then that's that's the order I would put them in. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that this whole dying to be in it thing is probably a little, little exaggerated, especially since uh, Emma Stone pretty much said she doesn't want to do it publicly. Did she? Well, Bill Murray endorsed her for it. And uh, they asked her, they were like, how do you feel about Bill Murray saying he would like to see you in an all-female Ghostbusters? And she said, I would like to see Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. Wouldn't we all? Um, <clears throat> and, you know, first of all, if you're going to have Rebel Wilson, you don't need Melissa McCarthy or vice versa. They're the same person. Yeah, pretty much. It's Just one's American, Re- one's yeah, Australian. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, they're just the the f- funny, outspoken, big chick. I mean, that's that's their shtick. The fat friend. Yeah. Um, we don't need to put either of them in this movie. We, we don't need to put any of these women in this movie. This movie, this doesn't, movie doesn't need to exist. Yeah. yeah. Um, why would you put Amy Schumer in anything? That's, yeah, I don't know. She's like the worst parts of, like, take Chelsea Handler, uh, Lisa Lampanelli, and... Uh, Sarah Silverman take the worst parts of those three women and combine them into one that's Amy Schumer you want, you want to hear my impression of Amy Schumer's stand up sure my vagina am I right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's just it, it, her, her, her shtick is just like I'm a fucking girl I'm gross I can be gross <laughs> like a boy ah dicks and balls and vaginas right yeah fuck right you guys? She's fucking useless. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Why, again, why would you put her in anything ever? ever? Yeah, I don't know. Excuse me while I adjust my mic so I can put it close to my mouth. I mean, apparently Comedy Central thought that she deserved her own show. And... I was reading an article about this. I think it was on Bloody Disgusting. Who, I can't help it. I'm losing more and more faith, faith and respect in them. Because they were all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was reading the the article, and uh, I forget who wrote it, but um, whoever it was said, uh, Amy Schumer's show is fucking hilarious. It's like, no, it isn't. It's like the polar opposite of hilarious. Uh, but Jennifer Lawrence is hot. 
sure, but why why would I ever want to see her in a Ghostbusters movie? I don't know. Maybe you got like a Ghostbuster fetish. No. She'd wear like wear the coveralls with them, like unzipped or something. No, that's just that's just dumb. <laughs> fucking stupid. Well, have you seen, have you seen like sexy Ghostbuster costumes? Those are dumb. It's just coveralls with that are unzipped. Yeah, or like skirts. I mean, granted, they obviously would never use that in a film because how stupid and impractical is that? Yeah. But, yeah, even, you know, sexy jumpsuits. It's like jumpsuits are not supposed to be form-fitting. Right. Okay, uh, more stupidness. <laughs> uh, emails between an unnamed Sony executive and Ryan Gosling's talent manager indicate that he is interested in joining the cast. My question to that is why in what capacity yeah i mean what is he what is he gonna play with an all-female cast is he gonna be like fucking bosley uh, charlie's uh, angels uh, well i don't think it's an all-female cast it's not like a reverse glenn gary glenn ross <laughs> um I, it's just an all-female ghostbusters crew that's that's what i mean but i mean obviously the main cast like the the most of the cast the meat of the cast is going to be all women. He would probably play, play like, the love interest or something. Maybe. But, I don't know. All, all I can picture him is, in is like, a Bosley role. Or maybe, like, a combination of Charlie and Bosley. <laughs> that would be weird for him. Good morning, Busters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would fucking burn the place to the ground if that happened. <laughs> Uh, Paul Feig outlined his plans for the film. Fuck him. Describing it as scarier and more high-tech than the original. I guarantee um, you it's not going to be. It, more high-tech, yes, in that it's just going to be a shitload of CGI. Well, yeah, that, but it's not going to be scarier. Um, another gentleman who has expressed interest in being this movie is Peter Dinklage. He's so hot right now. Who you would know from Knights of Badassdom. <laughs> That's what they know him from. <laughs> not, not the fucking show that's sweeping that, the world. What, what's that uh, game of whatever? Game of sticks. Uh, if he had his way, Peter Dinklage would play the lead villain, a convicted murderer who turns into a ghost after a supercharged electrical storm botches his execution. So he would play Shocker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> he would play Horace Pinker. <laughs> the dwarf version. <laughs> Mini Pinker. <laughs> From there, the little, glitches... little pink. <laughs> That's what I call my penis. <laughs> From there, Dinklage's undead character would raise an army of other ghosts, which could potentially be made up of famous villains throughout history. Ugh. The ghosts would then have to be busted this by the four be female leads, tasked with figuring out in funny, scary, and action-packed ways how to save New York City and the world. So, M- Minnie Pinker is going to <laughs> raise an army of fucking Hitler... And Mussolini, I guess. 
Trap, fucking like Jeffrey Dahmer. And, and, somehow he's going to, you know, he may call him, call him up from, you know, across the world. Hey, we should team up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, hey, guys, you should come over to New York and hang out. We could scare people. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be hilarious. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Feig also indicated that the heroic characters will work for the U.S. government, but because but because ghosts don't officially exist, the government will have to continually disavow their relationship. So this movie is a CGI-filled shocker meets Men in Black meets Night at the Museum. <laughs> Win! Oh my god. Get the fuck out with this. Fuck you, Paul Feig. You know what? Go eat a dick. I fucking hate you. I hate you almost as much as I hate Michael Bay. And that's a lot. Um, but wait, there's more. Oh, God. Uh, Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum, who you would know as Star-Lord and Magic Mike. Channing Potatums. <laughs> are pushing for a male spinoff. Tatum said in an email... Let us show the world the dark side and let us fight it with all the glory and epicness of a huge Batman Begins movie. I know we can make this a huge franchise. Fun adventure craziness. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Uh, oh, God. So, it's a spinoff that's more like the original movie. Than the remake or the the reboot, whatever. Yes, it just went in a big fucking circle. It's weird that he compares it to Batman Begins. It's like, so do you want it to be? Because I thought the do you want to be dark and gritty? I thought the reboot was supposed to be an origin story. Yeah. So how is it going to be like Batman Begins then? Because wouldn't that make it an origin story? It's okay. Fucking hell. This is this is this thing's been fucked since Jump Street. Hey. <laughs> I do I I like that it's Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt. I think Channing Tatum's a terrible actor, but he's funny. Yeah, uh, and I, I like Chris Pratt. He's he's awesome. <laughs> Channing Tatum plays like the the Chad well. Yeah, definitely. He play, he re, he plays it up. Yeah. I mean, 21 Jump Street's obviously fucking hilarious. I haven't seen 22 Jump Street yet. but And Chris Pratt is a local boy, and he's a 12, so he's okay in my book. Yeah. Go Hawks. Um, I I could probably get behind the spinoff if I have to suffer through the fucking stupid bullshit remake that they're... or reboot, or whatever the fuck this is going to end up being. Uh, then I might deal with it. Because I could, I could see some potential in this Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum thing. What, what do you think? I guess if... I, I don't know. The whole thing is just... Uh, shit. <laughs> like, I, the, the script to Ghostbusters 3 is out there. You can find it. Um, we actually tweeted it out. That was not bad. And I thought that was a good passing of the torch story that could have 
moved the franchise along in another direction without being a complete fucking let's forget about what happened before and make our own thing. This is just, I don't know. I think it needs to stop. Well, yeah, that would be my first choice. But I don't know. To me, I would, if if they're going to do it anyway, I would like them to do this Chris Pratt Channing Tatum thing. And this, I mean, it's not just from what I was reading. It's like sounds like it's Tatum that's making a lot of the moves, but apparently Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum they're like buddies in real life, and they're trying to actually set up something together. You know, so I could get behind it. I think let Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum do a remake of the original Ghostbusters, sweeted with. with Donald Glover as Zedmore. I could dig that. Yeah. <laughs> but the original Winston, not the one that ended up in the movie. Oh, yeah. <coughs> so, um, fuck this. <laughs> Good finish. Well, back we talked about the potential of a Beetlejuice sequel, which we both got pretty giddy about, if I remember right. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, mainly the fact that both Tim Burton and Michael Keaton both want to do it. That's, like, the big thing. I mean, you couldn't make a Beetlejuice movie without both of them, you know? Agreed. Um, But it sounds like the sequel might actually be close to coming together. I mean, fingers crossed, but... uh, I guess... uh, Some media outlet caught up with uh, Tim Burton, and he says... uh, uh, it's a, when, when he was asked about Beetlejuice 2, he said, It's a character that I love and miss, and I miss actually working with Michael. There's only one Beetlejuice. We're working on a script, and I think it's probably closer than ever, and I'd love to work with him again. And again, that script is being written by... Seth Graham Smith, who um, obviously wrote um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Thank you. And, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. That's the other one. Um, and I guess when he was asked about Winona Ryder coming back as uh, Lydia. This is the best quote ever. Uh, he was quoted as saying, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, as you can see... They're pretty close to a So that's confirmation terms. right there <laughs> that Winona Ryder will be making a return as Lydia Dietz. Um, but I do remember reporting on this before and her saying that she was... She was bad about it. Yeah. But I was reading something else actually just a couple of days ago saying that um, I, this may have been on like eye horror or bloody disgusting one of the two uh or no maybe it was dread central i don't know one of the horror news outlets uh said that remember that she literally rolled her eyes a year ago and asked about making beetlejuice 2 i i don't recall that at all i don't either uh i feel like it's something we would heard about especially because it puts it around the same time that i'm pretty sure we reported about this yeah so (coughs) um michael keaton 
was also questioned about this, and he says, Tim Burton and I have emailed about it. We're both in the same situation, meaning of always being busy on other projects. Uh, neither one of us gets tired of the conversation. Tim says he's working on something, then he goes away for a while. At some point, someone is going to say we really want to do it. You don't want to fuck it up, so it has to be perfect. I agree. Indeed. Um, but, I mean, unless Burton just fucking phones it in, I don't I don't think they can miss. <laughs> yeah, I would think. I mean, is if you got everybody on board, it's... It, that's most of the hard work's been done for you. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> Drop what you're doing. Do it. This, do it. If he makes this movie, do it. Do it. Uh, okay. If he makes the movie, what? You'll blow him. No. Um, <laughs> uh, no. If he makes this movie, I guarantee you, it'll be one of his highest-grossing movies in years yeah if nothing else just because it's Beetlejuice too. yeah exa- exactly it could be an hour hour and a half of Michael Keaton taking a shit and people will go see it <laughs> as long as he's dressed as Beetlejuice yeah exactly <laughs> um, and some people are going to be like that was amazing <laughs> best movie of the year um, so just yeah, fucking drop what you're doing do it do it Thank you, Taylor. Do it. Nothing else you're working on is is as important as this. Just get fucking Beetlejuice done. That's the only thing people want to see. Make it so. several times about the Walking Dead spinoff or the official title the Walking Dead companion series Cobalt (laughs) as far as we know that's still the title yeah I haven't seen anything to the contrary but we do know that it will take place in Los Angeles (laughs) that's so predictable I know how many fucking times do we have to see a zombie movie that takes place in a major metropolitan area that was why The Walking Dead was so interesting because it combined uh, metropolitan areas and then also, you know, rural forest, forested areas and, um, you know, just like suburban areas. Well, maybe this will do that too. Maybe it'll start out in downtown LA and then it'll go to Covina. And then- <laughs> yeah, just Covina of all places. <laughs> And then they'll go out into the Redwoods. Do you know how far the Redwoods are from L.A.? No, not really, but... Pretty far. Do you think... Like, how many people are really going to (laughs) care? Probably everyone in the state of California. So, uh... Should be like, no, no, no. (laughs) Um, Can't just walk to Redwoods from downtown L.A. Anyway. um, I saw a quote from Conan O'Brien... That was like the the Walking Dead companion series will feature two things that no one in LA actually does: walk and eat meat. <laughs> that Conan, he's a cut up. He is a card. Um, um, so this will be dubbed the Walking Dead Los Angeles. 
Yep. If they actually do that, I'm just going to... I'm done. It's like it's a CSI show now. Yeah! <laughs> it's Frick Grimes just putting on aviator shades <laughs> making a horrible pun. <laughs> sure. Like they do a crossover episode, like a backdoor pilot. <laughs> like it just has the, the crews. Hey, we're going to L.A. You guys want to come with us? <laughs> How are uh, you getting to L.A.? <laughs> uh, people commented on... The, the fact that because it's in LA, it has basically the option to cover a lot of new um, settings and territories that obviously the the original Walking Dead doesn't really cover, like uh, you know zombies at the beach and um, you know actually this quote from this uh, article says it perfectly. It says. Uh, scenery to shift the west coast adds some extreme, in, intriguing setting possibilities beaches and the ocean Hollywood, iconic landmarks walker celebrities um, a nearby desert and a larger me- metropolitan metro, bleh, metropolis fuck, metropolis to play with than the originals hits okay, god damn it, I can't read today <clears throat> a nearby desert a larger me- metropolitan Metropolis uh, to play with than the original hits occasional dips into Atlanta, which is true to a point. But again, what I said, or like I said earlier, it's like, how many times have we seen this already? I mean, Zombieland, especially. Yeah. I mean, and um, as far as Walker celebrity goes, I would like to point out that Scott Ian was a Walker in The Walking Dead. It's true. He was. Um, But I don't think he appeared as himself. You don't know. Maybe they just didn't make mention of it. Oh no, Anthrax is dead! <laughs> uh, uh, I don't. If they can keep the same kind of feel that the original has, where it's... Like, they don't really focus on the environment around them. It's really more character-centered rather than environment or location. Then I could probably abide by this, you know. But the the whole frill of it being in L.A., i just not interested, you know. Yeah, me neither. I would rather see a, a lesser-known city. Yeah. Like, I... The Walking Dead Enum Claw. <laughs> God. <laughs> everybody be fucking horses. Even zombies, just fucking horses. Um, the horses would rule everyone. Because <laughs> they control they would, the sex. They would just fuck everyone to death. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I think I would probably be more interested even if they did it here like walking down Seattle basically uh, I think that would be more interesting than LA yeah um, it's like LA and New York are just both so expected you know yeah um, which which is why I think <clears throat> even though the series took place in Atlanta or like the <clears throat> the comic series the fact that it did take place in Atlanta was, was cool because it's like who expects to hear a fucking zombie story 
in Atlanta. Yeah. So, um, anyway, those are my thoughts. Anyway, this is going to be coming sometime. <laughs> At some point. So, but, hunker down. I, I, I wonder if they're going to run this alongside the original or if they're going to do it, like, offset. From what I understand, it's going to start uh, slightly before the original and then overlap. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I don't mean timeline-wise. I mean, oh. uh, like, are they going to run the season? Are they going to run the two seasons side by side? Oh. Or are they going to, like, run Walking the original Walking Dead in, you know, Fall and Winter and then run the companion series in um, Spring and Summer or, or you know, whatever? I do not know. I guess we'll see. We will see. Only thing left to do now. See. And that's going to do it for this week's horror business. Uh, So, before we get into our reviews, we've got some special Christmas things to do. Yay, Christmas! Yay! Um, So, what were we going to do first? Uh, We're going to do our gift exchange. Oh, yeah. We got presents for each other. Oh, it's adorable. (laughs) Okay, here's yours, you rotten bastard. Here's yours. Fuck you. Are we going on... What are we doing on three or... Uh, Do you want to open it at the same time or separately? I don't know. The pressure. So much pressure. You go first because you're younger. Okay. You don't have to save the paper, Tony. It's okay. Oh, nice. Sweet, dude. Tell everyone what it is. Uh, It is Crystal Lake Memories, the complete history of Friday the 13th, which is something I've wanted for quite a while. That is awesome. I was worried that you might already have it. No, 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 I don't. Uh, I've wanted it for a long time. Good. Killer, thanks, dude. You're welcome. Now let's see what I got. Who is this autographed by? Kevin Smith. No shit. Yeah. I, okay, so I got an autograph version by Jay of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, autographed by Kevin Smith. I bought that at uh, Secret Stash. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I almost bought you a Monroeville Zombies shirt, but I figured that might be a little better, especially because I didn't really know what size you were. <laughs> <laughs> and an Ariescope Pictures fucking Jack Chap shirt. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yay. Wear it in good health. I shall. Okay. Now that that touchy-feely shit is out of the way. Yeah. Uh, we've got presents for two of you. Hey! Uh, as we said last episode, we were giving away two Grave Plot Podcast t-shirts. All you had to do was follow us on the social networks and fill out a, fill out a very short form. We have very short. Very short. It was four fucking questions. If you couldn't find time to do that, then you don't deserve a t-shirt. Yeah. And you just go home and sit in a corner with no shirt on. Because you don't get a t-shirt. No shirt! 
So, um, we have done the drawing, and our first winner is... Jason Buffer. Hey! Way to go, Buffy. Does he like it when you call him Buffy? He hates when I call him Buffy. (laughs) And then our second winner is... Am I supposed to say it? Yeah. I don't remember who it was. Tracy. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Tracy Ball. Hey! Hey! So we will be in contact with you two shortly to get your sizes and addresses. And uh, congratulations and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. Uh, that went a lot quicker than I expected. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a little more drawn out. <clears throat> what did you expect? I, I don't know. I mean, you can put really long drum rolls in there if you want. <laughs> Um, so that's. Are we ready to move on to the reviews then? Yeah, I mean, is there anything else? I uh, don't think so. All right. All right, let's do some some Christmas reviews. Hey. Okay. So um, again, we have two Christmas movies to review. Which one would you like to do first? I think I would like to start with Rare Exports. All right. We finally found something else than just playing rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. Storing what? We are standing on the biggest burial mound in the world. I know how to do it. Santa Claus. Selitä sille, että meillä on täällä pukki myytävänä. Santa is going to find out who is naughty or nice. Exports, A Christmas Tale, 2010 movie from Finland, um, is actually based on a short film from 2003, which I have not seen. I just know that that's the case. Uh, directed by <laughs> Jalmari Hedlander, or Hel- Hellander. Um, this movie 
was not a horror movie. No, this was not what I expected at all. Me neither. It is uh, billed as action, <clears throat> or sorry, adventure, fantasy, horror. So, I wonder if that. I wonder if IMDb does that like uh, ingredients on something that like the least the, the ingredient that is in it the least is at the end. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> Um, so the movie is mainly about a little boy named, uh, 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 Pietari. Pietari, yeah. Or is that how it's pronounced? That's how it sounded. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the movie is almost entirely in Finnish. For us dumb Americans, let's call him Peter. Okay. <laughs> um, there is, the movie does start with what I think it's like a, like a maybe English or, you know, British excavation crew uh they 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 are speaking english um but then the movie goes into the main characters being uh (laughs) peter and his uh his dad uh rano ronald Ronald. (laughs) um yeah and so basically this small community very small community um, they are, I guess, reindeer herders, herders, reindeer, um, butchers. I mean, they, it appeared to me that they act, they sell reindeer meat as it by, like by trade, because not only were they attempting to herd reindeer, but also they were, um, I mean, it was, it was clear that, um, Peter's dad was a butcher. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, they discover that all of the all of the reindeer that they were going to be herding, and you know, basically was going to be their income, have been murdered. And this comes after uh, Peter and his friend. Uh, God, what's his name? Yuso. Yuso. Yes. <clears throat> Who we'll call Joe. <laughs> you know, this is going to get more difficult. I'm trying to remember all these <laughs> fake names. Um, he goes, or the, the two of them, they're spying on this excavation crew. They are uh, up at the top of a mountain, digging down into it, trying to uncover something that's been being funded by, um, what, God, what was this guy's name? Riley. Okay. Um, he was basically funding this excavation, trying to find something that's been buried for years. And, you know, obviously you know what it is, but in the movie you don't know what it is. Um, and you come to find out that what they've uncovered, or what they believe to have been uncovered, is the real Santa Claus. And there's kind of a quick montage of, I think it's during the opening credits, actually, where uh, Pete Peter... Peter, uh, he is going through these really old books, um, basically researching the origins, you know, the, the quote, true origins of Santa Claus. And you kind of see that Santa Claus back in the day before he was basically made into a saint. Uh, before he was, as they call him in the movie, the Coca-Cola Santa Claus. Right. He was a real son of a bitch and basically a, he was basically a demon. It's basically Krampus. Yeah, essentially. I mean, he's got these two, you know, big giant horns and <clears throat> um, just a real bastard. 
Yeah, and he like beats the kids. And... Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they believe that they have uncovered the the real Santa who was buried in this prison for however many thousands of years. <clears throat> and what they did, uh, what they they come to find that what they did uh, back you know centuries ago was this Santa fell into a lake. The lake completely froze over like solid ice. They pulled the entire lake's worth of ice out, flipped it over and made it into a mountain and then covered it in, you know, in rocks and sawdust and sawdust because that was apparently a form of refrigeration back then. Yeah. Um, so they again they they find that this Santa person has killed all of the reindeer, so they capture him and um try to get him to talk and they come to find out when they're contacted by Riley that he wants Santa back, and so um I don't know it sounds like I'm scanning through this movie real uh really quickly but for most of the movie not really much happened it's true I mean like I think it was probably close to three quarters of the way through the movie before Santa even showed up yeah probably close to it yeah <clears throat> um so there was like I said there wasn't a lot going on in this movie uh, until the end and even even in the end it wasn't all that exciting it really wasn't um I don't know I, I, what would what, you would you think what was your opinion um I mean the little twist I guess you would call it for lack of a better word it, that in like towards the end was interesting I guess yeah um it was an interesting spin on folklore yeah but it was just kind of one of those things where you just went huh but it wasn't like Oh shit! Now I gotta know what happens next. <laughs> yeah, it, it was more just like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't feel like like this movie held my attention that much. No, I was I was watching it on my laptop, and <clears throat> my wife was watching something else on the TV. And I kept catching myself like looking away from the movie and watching what was on TV instead. <laughs> uh, you know, even I, you know, I had headphones on, so I'm hearing. Rare exports, but like wasn't really paying attention to it. I think if this movie didn't have subtitles, it probably would have been even harder for me to pay attention because I felt myself like I had to pay attention because I had to read the subtitles or else I would have no idea what was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I had to back up the movie a couple times because I had looked away for too long and just got completely lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, this movie. I wasn't too thrilled by it, and it, it was confusing to me because this is so, like, people really liked this movie. Yeah. So it was, I was confused by the fact that it was just so... And, like, boring. genre fans, too. Like, yeah. But like you said, it's I don't see this as a horror movie in Mm-mm. any way. Not at all. I mean, it's got what you might consider to be horror elements. Sure. But not really a horror movie. Yeah. Like, by any stretch of the imagination. Like, the body count is zero. If you don't count reindeer. Is it? No. No, it's not. 
there there are a handful of people that die. Well, maybe not a handful, but um, yeah. What do you? Most of the movie is Peter trying to convince people that he's not crazy, right? And that Santa is is (laughs) evil and is real, and they need to stop him. Yeah, and to have such a wild, um, like off the wall belief people just they suddenly believe him well there's kind of proof I guess but I mean they find this this naked old man by the way there's a lot there's a lot of old dicks in this (laughs) a lot of old dicks (laughs) Um, they find this dirty naked old man and he's like oh well he's Santa Claus and everybody's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. He, he does look like Santa yeah, Claus. Like Santa sort Claus. of. Yeah. I, I can see the resemblance. Yeah, fucking Santa Claus. Yeah, fucking. What are you going to do? All right. Um, did the kid that played Peter bug you? Um, I, I thought it was kind of funny how towards the end he's just like, all right, everyone listen to me. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, we're going to do this. And they're like, yes, let's do that. It's like, why are you listening to this eight-year-old kid? Yeah. Why is he running the show all of a sudden? There's a point where they have a um, a net, I guess, full of kids. Yeah. There's an explanation behind that. They didn't just kidnap a bunch of kids. <laughs> but um, his dad's friend, uh, uh, Peeperinen. Peeper, uh, in um, Let's call him Piper. Piper. <laughs> um, apparently, he knows how to fly a helicopter. Right. I mean, yeah, that was good never for them. Or, yeah, lucky, lucky for them, they have a uh, guy that knows how to fly, fly a helicopter. Um, he's flying this, just this huge net full of children, like through the Finnish winter wonderland. <laughs> Uh, and you have to assume it's got to be at least like 20 degrees, maybe, maybe, maybe a little more, but still freezing. Um, so these kids are probably hypothermic. You uh, would think. And Peter is just hanging <laughs> off of like, not off, but he's like, he's like riding the net. Yeah. He's like riding or like he's mounted this net and he's just riding on it like a hero and he's being like flung around like, uh, Piper <laughs> takes this like really sharp turn and the net just swings like it's almost horizontal and he's just hanging on to it like, like he's fucking Indiana Jones or something. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know, the kid was obnoxious. I found him to be just a little much and uh when he wore that helmet, he looked like he was special ed of some kind. <laughs> and hey, how about Yuso's mullet? Oh, dude, that was killer! <laughs> and his one earring. Did he have one earring? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh man, that was a powerful mullet. Fuck, that kid's so awesome in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this looked like. It looked like it was filmed in the 80s because everybody was wearing like old clothes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, even Peter, he's like this baby blue puffy jacket. And, yeah. Anyway, um. 
What was he going to say? I don't know. Um, the ending. We won't reveal it, obviously, but it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. I mean, I felt like even though the most of the movie was really slow, it kind of built a little bit of speed at the end, and it had some potential to, like, be awesome. Then it just didn't do it. Like, the, the ending of the movie felt like it should have not been there. Like, if it should have ended at an earlier point, and then the rest just didn't. It didn't need to be there. Yeah, I guess that's mostly what I'm what I mean. Um the yeah, the part that should have been the ending, I guess that's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking. Is it was kind of a cop out. Yeah. It's some potential to be some some cool shit going on, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> um yeah. and yeah, but the, like the true ending was dumb. Yep. It kind of justified the title. Yeah. But but why? And yeah, I sat through 90 minutes just just to get to that point so I understand the title. Yeah. Uh anyway. Anyway, anything else to say? Um just 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 too many dicks. <laughs> there were a lot <laughs> too of many dicks. dicks. <laughs> Too many dicks on the dance floor. <laughs> Too many dicks. Yeah. That's uh, Flight of the Concords. Okay. Just so, you, just so you know. Just so you know that now. Stop doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, ratings? Uh, four. Okay. Um... I think I'll probably see five. I mean, the middle of the road. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I don't and, know it, and it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. So I'm trying not to let that sway my my vote. Right. Because um, I don't want it to just be like, oh, it wasn't what I was expecting, so it's automatically bad. Yeah, it's not a horror movie. One. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, it wasn't terrible. I don't think I'd watch it again, though. So, yeah, I don't think I would either. Yeah, because like once you know the ending, there's really nothing to the rest of the movie. So. No. Uh, so yeah, I say good middle of the road and just say five. All right. So our next movie is from 2012. It is kind of sorta a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Sort of. Sort of. Um, it's just called Silent Night. all candy canes and pretty lights i heard this story this fella dressed as santa he said about killing them that was naughty creep every year a new town everyone knows that story it's an urban legend it ain't christmas the number one holiday for people going nuts Listen, we've got a lead on our killer from the motel. He's 
wearing a Santa suit and a mask. Hiding in plain sight. What if he was punishing them? We're just gonna have to take this maniac down ourselves. Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. Alright, Silent Night is about a serial killer dressed like Santa Claus. Um, he, he wears a mask that's basically one of those just like... Um, Purge masks, just the clear masks right. with with a, with a Santa beard attached to it, and it was effective. It was really cheap, but it was effectively creepy. It was. It was. <laughs> I thought it was badass looking. Um, and then he he's going around killing people, and the local police are trying to stop him as they are wont to do. Um. The local police, led by Sheriff Malcolm McDowell. Wow. Talk about slumming, man. <laughs> and uh, and then Officer Bradamore, played by Jamie King. And uh, there's really not a lot to this story. There really, there really isn't. It's... I mean, it, it's just, it's it's a slasher movie, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's just a high body count and... You know the the protagonists are always one step behind. Mm-hmm. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean the, the, the in terms sh- of plot, anyways. I mean we'll get to some of the finer details, but yeah, I mean the sheriff's department is after a serial killer. I mean what else? What else is there to say? Yeah, that's. Um, um, I mean it does. It, it appears that that this is almost like a copycat of something that had happened what 30 years prior there, or something well, yeah like there's that. a you know urban legend of a, a guy who went crazy um killed killed his wife and uh the you know the, the legend is that he it's he's still alive and he's still murdering people on on Christmas Eve mm. um as far as being related to Silent Night Deadly Night it's it's the the story is really really different. Yeah, uh, there are homages to it though, specifically some of the kills. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I happen to be wearing my Silent Night Deadly Night shirt right now. If you yes, didn't notice, you did. I noticed. I noticed that. Uh, so yeah, I'm obviously a fan of the original. Um, and while this is grossly different, I thought this movie was fantastic. You really really okay. Um, not so much. Not so much. No, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, the acting was terrible from everyone, and these are seasoned actors too. Like, oh man, first mistake: Malcolm McDowell trying to do an American accent. That was a fucking shit show. It was like he sounded like um, I don't know. He didn't even sound British necessarily. He sounded like, I don't know, like a Dutch guy trying to do an American accent or something. And he kept, he kept slipping. I, mean, I could tell he wasn't trying very hard. 
was what it was. And so that was just a nightmare. And he was really phoning it in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, like, um, God, what was his name? Um, Donald Logue? No, 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 no. Um, uh, Aubrey's uh, dad. Like the actor's name? Whatever. Hey, the the character of Aubrey's dad. Okay. He was bad, too. Like, he was almost acting like he was trying to be bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the only people that were actually, like, pulling their weight as far as acting were Jamie King and Donna Logue. And Jessica Cameron. <laughs> and Jessica Cameron, yeah. She, I mean, she was in it for, like, five seconds. But, yeah. Um, that was a surprise. I, you already knew about that. I did. Yeah, that was that was a surprise to me. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, it was weird seeing her dressed down. You know, like like in scrubs and stuff. Yeah, because she just, plays a nurse. Huh? She plays a nurse. Right. I was just used to seeing her like kind of like made up and you know kind of like glamorous almost, and just seeing her just be a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I mean, this might be something I watch again in a couple years or something, but I don't know. Interesting little fun fact, though, is see, this was loosely based on something that happened very close to where I used to live in the Covina Massacre. I didn't live there anywhere near there at the time. Obviously, I was living up here, but 2008 in uh, Covina, which is obviously a town you mentioned earlier, um, guy shot and set fire to people inside a house that was actually somewhat close to where my grandma lives. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I remember my, my buddy down there, he took me by that house at one point probably a year after it happened or something um anyway so it's just a, a not really fun fact <laughs> um did you recognize the receptionist um at the police station i did but i don't know why it's knives chow from scott Pilgrim. oh oh all grown up yep <clears throat> uh ellen wong right um you know, I watched this movie like a week and a half ago now. I guess a week ago or so. But so I'm drawing blanks on some of the details, but I just I remember watching this movie and being like, this is awesome. <laughs> and I don't, I don't get what why you don't like it. I don't know. I think it was just. I think, again, there wasn't a lot going on for a large portion of the movie. Um, But I mean, it's. That's the way slashers are. It's got a high body count. It's got good kills. But I don't need a lot. It's, it's got an interesting killer. But yeah, exactly. But you know, I don't need a lot of backstory. I don't need a lot of fluff in a slasher movie. I don't feel there is in this. There totally is, especially at the end. At, at the, the end, yes. But you don't you don't know the killer's backstory until the very end of the movie. You pretty much know who it is through the entire movie, though. Like you, it turns out that's wrong, but not really. I mean, you you know what I mean. I know what but, you mean. Yeah. Um, through the entire movie, you basically know who it is. 
You think you know who it is. I, uh, I knew who it was. Um, um, that's you. Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's just a lot of fluff. I don't need it. Uh, and while, like I said, Donald Logue, like he was the one kind of carrying his own weight or in pretty much the weight of everyone else as far as acting, um, I didn't understand why his character needed to be there. Yeah. It was just like a little extra bit that just, like maybe they just added in at the last minute or something. <laughs> well, I feel like he was, like his character is kind of one of the ties to the original. How do you say, how do you... Just like certain parts, like him, um, you know, the, the way he's treating the kids. Like that, there, there's a scene similar to that in the original. I suppose. I haven't seen the original in a very long time. I've, I considered watching it, but then when I was watching this, I realized that it's, there's no really no point because it's very little like the original at all. Yeah, this is almost more of like a new movie that pays homage to the original. Right. Um, um, like, like I said, it's mostly just like kill scenes and like the comatose grandpa and it's just little, little things. Mm-hmm. And... The grandpa. That's something that stuck out to me. I kept waiting for that to come back around. I didn't. So the kid's in there talking to his grandpa, who's like you said, is just catatonic. Um, like, just kind of stares off in space. And then suddenly he snaps back out of it. Starts telling his kid, or, you know, his grandson that, like, because he's like the scariest night of the year or something. You know, something to that, to that effect. And then he gets like this demon voice. That was weird. I kept waiting for that to play out, and it never does. So that was a disappointment. Yeah, I didn't understand the the, the demon voice thing, but that, that that is a scene from the original. Okay. Was there a demon voice in the original? I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, well, are they going a supernatural route with this? No. That was just there. Yeah. Maybe he had, like, some spit in his throat or something. He was making his voice, like... <laughs> Garble. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that seems logical. That's probably what happened. I mean, he was catatonic; he didn't speak for a very long time. Maybe you just need to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sure <laughs> that sounds like something out of like one of the scary movies. <laughs> just like beware. <clears throat> Sorry, beware of the. Uh... It's like uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, the, ob- the albino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even think about trying to get away. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And there were boobies. There were boobies. Um, you know, she obviously... I don't think it'll come as a shock to anyone that obviously she's being stalked by the killer while she's topless and she starts running so her boobies just flapping around. Uh... That looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, every time I see a woman do that in a, in a movie, it's like, just run topless. It's like, ow. <laughs> you, know, I mean, I, you know what I do? I picture me trying to run without any pants on. Your balls My just balls slapping just against your leg. Slapping around. Um, and I hurt for them, you know? <laughs> I ache for them. But there are some pretty nice boobies. Yeah. Just the right size. Anyway, um, what was your favorite kill scene? 
it was really poorly executed as far as like effects but there's a part where he fucking chops somebody's head in half with the axe with an axe that's so awesome <laughs> that was pretty good I mean like I said the effects were really cheap um, but yeah that the just the action of that like he didn't chop the head off he didn't like it, and it wasn't like a horizontal cut like he chopped no, it like vertically. straight down the yeah. middle <laughs> so he had like head flaps yeah that was rad <laughs> uh so yeah, that was probably my favorite kill. Yeah, that one was good. Um, and then like you got somebody that gets skewered on antlers, which is that's from the original. Mm-hmm. Um, the flamethrower is not from the original. No, and it was, you know, on if you look at the cover, you know, like the poster of this movie, there's obviously a flamethrower featured fairly prominently, and it like was almost not in, like barely in the movie at all. I mean, you come to find out that it's relevant later on. It's relevant to the backstory more so than right. The, but know. as far as being like a feature in the movie, like you think it would be, uh, no. You know, what was featured more was the axe, like in the original. True. Um, I was a big fan of the red and green lighting at the end too. I thought that was a nice touch. I when they're in the. Uh, police station oh right right, right. I, I, I didn't even notice that i mean subconsciously i did i guess i thought it was clever i thought it was kind of badass when donald Lowe got in a fist fight with santa yeah <laughs> that was kind of cool I, but, I like donald logan this a lot he's like because i mean he's I, just a real prick yeah like i'm used to him being kind of like a smart ass yeah but in this he, he's just a son of a bitch yeah and like you know he's usually like a smart ass with a heart of gold right but in this no he's just a dick he's just a dick yeah yeah he's out to save his own ass like pretty much under any circumstance um yeah this is billed as comedy horror mystery okay not sure i would put it in that order <laughs> Um, one thing that I don't know I, I'm torn on whether or not I think it was cheesy or not was the fact that this town that it was in um, it it's like well they claim it's like famously known as having like the biggest Santa parade oh yeah yeah, yeah. which is kind of a, a major feature of the of the movie itself, I mean, it's always constant. It's like constantly in the background, you know, people talking about it or you know, it actually being at the parade itself. Um, I can't decide if that seemed a little shoehorned or if I if I liked that. Well, I mean, it reminded me just of like SantaCon in New York or Santarchy here in Seattle. Sure. Did you know that? Uh, it is a little off subject, but um, SantaCon's being like challenged. It is every year, huh? It is every year. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, I just I read read something about that. It does seem like kind of a public hazard, a little bit. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> As someone who has taken place in it firsthand, I can tell you it absolutely is. <laughs> but it's it's fucking amazing. 
Um, okay. Well, I mean, do you want to wrap this up? Do you have anything else to say? Uh, wrap it up. Like a present. Ah, uh, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Give me your numbers. Okay. Um, I think I... Uh, I don't know, because I gave her exports a five, and I said I probably wouldn't watch it again. Um, I think I'll probably say six. I mean, it, like like I said earlier, it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie. It's just really cheesy. Okay. Um, like I said, I don't remember any specific parts that I really really enjoyed, but I remember watching this movie and being like. This is great. <laughs> so I'm going to give it an eight. All right. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us on this fabulous, festive, fun-filled fuck fest. <laughs> Christmas special. <laughs> I know last year we finished this out with uh, the best of the Grave Plot podcast, but, you know, at that point we were doing... <laughs> that was a lot of work for yeah. two months. <laughs> yeah, we were doing it for two months at that point, and this has been a whole fucking year, so we uh, skipped that. Maybe we'll keep better track of it um, next year and put one out in best of 2015. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And I know we, we said we were working on an interview. Um, oh, right. That, that unfortunately did not come to fruition. We are working on getting it for our next episode to kick off the new year the right way. Right. And, uh, yeah, that being said, this is obviously the last episode of the year. So um think on behalf of myself and Taylor, I want to thank you guys for sticking with us for an entire year. Uh, I mean, this obviously we had our one-year anniversary a couple months ago, but now um, this is like a full it's calendar full year. full calendar year, yeah. Uh, it's been uh, some ups and downs, but been a fun ride and uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us and we'll be back next year to uh bring you more more action and suspense kick your ass all over again yeah so um so merry christmas happy hanukkah joyous kwanzaa um and happy new year and happy new year to you all uh we'll catch you again in a couple weeks take care of yourselves and uh have some fun have a drink for us or seven. Or seven. Or seven and seven. Have seven, seven, and sevens. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, for the Grave Plot Podcast, I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. Merry Christmas! You bunch of whores. <laughs> Ah!